Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Hey there, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, We've got a treat again this third Wednesday of the month. This is a busy week for us, but I like it that way. Um, We are pleased to welcome back from CD Bistro, Chef George Ashford. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, G. How are you? I'm doing well and always better when you are on board with us. So thank you for taking the time out again today. Really appreciate that. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you. Oh, anytime. So, you know, we're we're um, in busy season. I would say coming up on busy season, but we're in busy season. We just got through celebrating Mother's Day, getting ready to celebrate graduations, Memorial Day, and we don't and other stuff. We don't, but we don't want to forget about the the papas out there. And so, uh, Father's Day is coming up next month. It's the third Sunday of the month. Um, and so, while I've already started seeing in the stores where they've transitioned with the uh, paraphernalia for Father's Day, but we want to make sure that he has a meal that he enjoys as well that we have not forgotten him because sometimes they get the short end, um, but we don't want that to happen this time. So give us an idea of how we can celebrate our, our fathers out there this year. Well, there's so many wonderful uh, dishes that you can prepare, and it can be very simply done at home. Um, and not expensive. One of my favorite dishes, especially in the in the summertime, spring summertime, is to prepare something that's uh, that's light, but also delicious and cost effective. Also, at the bistro, we do a variety of different items, and of course, at CV Catering, um, preparation is all it's, it's all about the preparation, doing everything ahead of time, as much as you possibly can and then finishing on a day of execution. We feed approximately 4,000 people a week at our catering company. So it's all about preparation. You can't feed that many people without being prepared. So one of the dishes that I want to talk about today for dads and for everybody is that there's a, a codfish, a codfish meal that's absolutely delicious. You can prepare that with um, a nice fresh cod. Again, you don't have to order it. I order it from the major purveyors, but you can order it also. You can pick it up at one of your box stores. 
It's a nice fish. It's a firm fish, and you can do a lot with it. And it's very delicate when you prepare it. One of the preparations for the codfish that I recommend is, first of all, it's a nice, thick, firm cut of uh, of fish. You can prepare it with a citrus seasoning. Citrus seasoning can be found in your grocery store. You have mojo citrus. You have uh, a little bit of orange zest, salt, pepper, and to spice it up a little bit, if you have a little chipotle, you make a seasoning rub of that nature and put it all together with a little bit of olive oil, and you coat your fish in that. And now it's prepared. Now you're getting it ready to be served with uh, on a iron skillet that you can char the fish on both sides and actually take it and set, up to, and set it off to the side. So it's going to be still uh, uncooked in the middle, but you're going to finish it just before your guests arrive, and it makes a really, really nice dish. I would suggest serving that with uh, some fresh vegetables. You have your grilled asparagus. You can prepare um, sweet peppers with it, a variety of sweet peppers sautéed, You can also have a nice grilled chicken with a, uh, like a mojo marinade that you can prepare as a a, a chicken fajitas to go with it, which makes a nice dish. You take uh, sweet peppers, you're going to julienne slice them in strips. You can prepare um, your Vidalia onions cut up into slices. And you're going to saute your Vidalia onions until they're nice and softened. The peppers, you're going to saute those also with a little salt, pepper, fajita seasoning. Set it to the side. Take your grilled chicken breast. You can marinate it in mojo seasoning, fajita seasoning, and a little bit of the, um, um, I use the adobe. Let that marinate. For about a half hour, pad dry it, a little olive oil, and it's ready for the grill. Nice combination meal. It doesn't have to be heavy for that all the time, but you can do a lot of different right. things with, uh, with fresh, fresh ingredients. That's the key. And it's healthy. You know, so you're preparing the codfish, uh, which is charred off, set to the side. Your fajitas are ready. Um, after you grill the chicken fajitas, you set that to the side and let it rest a bit. You can always finish it in the oven if it's a little, if it's still not completely cooked. That's what we do a lot in the, in the restaurants. We finish it in the oven. We grill the outside so you're not getting all of that uh, heavy charring on both sides. And then you set it to the side, put it in the oven score it in the middle, see if it's completely cooked, moistened inside. You want it juicy, but you don't want it dried out. But at the same time, you want to make sure there's no pinkness to it. Let it rest for about 10 minutes, and then you can julienne and slice it, which, again, in strips, like fajitas, and just put mm-hmm. it off to the side. And now you have your finished codfish. You have your chicken fajitas uh, with the roasted peppers and onions and nice grilled asparagus served with a nice yellow uh, saffron rice or white rice uh, that can be prepared with a little bit of cilantro in it, fresh cilantro added to it, 
makes a great, great, uh, you know, afternoon meal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like one from not just Dad too. That sounds pretty good. But yeah, I wanted it is. to and ask it's, it's you. Excellent meal. Excellent. But I wanted to ask you about uh, something you mentioned in terms of the different types of seasonings, and I know some of those are already uh, pre-mixed and ready for purchase out there. And I wanted to ask you: Do you often use uh, pre-mixed seasonings, or do you do your own? And is there a, a difference in terms of, of taste or um, how they work? We actually do both. What I do, I order uh, spices from uh, actually at a wholesale uh, company. It's uh, spice and peas, but it but I purchase it wholesale. I'll bring in spices of saffron. I'll bring in fresh, uh, I mean, the quality is there. I'll bring in um, a sea salt that has a hickory smoke sea salt. They also have a bacon smoked sea salt uh, with bacon, um, actual real bacon flavors that uh, that they smoke it with. Um, different types of sea, there's one that has a Chardonnay sea salt, so I do a lot of blending of my own, as well as I'll use some of the high-quality in uh, items. For example, there's a, there's, there's a couple that I will purchase that are pre-mixed. They do a really good job. But by and large, we try to mix our own, and we bring in specialty type of seasonings. So do you want those flavors to really pop? And in addition to that, we use a lot of fresh herbs. You can accent you know, for example, the rice with a fresh cilantro. We add that to the water at the end, towards the end while it's steaming. It kind of stir it into it. A little bit of fresh cilantro will give that rice a nice pop. Um, we'll add the fresh cilantros and perhaps uh, some tomatoes in a in a little chopped tomatoes in a in a, a balsamic vinaigrette. Also, you can add a little cilantro to that. You can add cucumbers to that. So you're having a nice flavor of mix, you know, of fresh ingredients. You know, so we use a lot of fresh herbs. We cook a lot with rosemary and thyme as much as possible. I'm glad you mentioned also, too, in terms of when to add stuff like cilantro and stuff because the temptation is just to toss it all in there at the beginning, you know, and let it do whatever it's going to do, and it's, it's not, it doesn't come out the same at all. So, um it's good to know about adding those things at the end uh, for some of us yeah, that's just <laughs> that aren't aren't uh, proficient in the kitchen. Good to know. That's one of the secrets. Actually, when you when you're working with fresh herbs, and we do a lot at CV Bistro, is to actually put the fresh herbs in at the end so that they're going to open up. You just you don't want them to necessarily cook the fresh herbs. You want to you want the fresh herbs to accent the dish where it opens up the dish. We do a lot with rosemary. I just prepared a a meal for um, with our CB catering uh, uh, company. We just did a meal out in Cantonbury uh, Conference Center in Oviedo yesterday, where we actually prepared uh, a whole tenderloin of beef. The entire loin, obviously, you trim the 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 silver skin off of it and you we prepared it with olive oil we use um, a seasoning blend that we made ourselves of granulated garlic this would be also great for dad too but if you if you're serving a larger group 
of 10 or more. Um, we used granulated garlic. We used uh, a cracked black pepper, sea salt. And then I took fresh rosemary and thyme, massaged that into the meat. Got the, we had the a grill charred, you know, set of like a medium temperature and just finished it on the grill, just where it's completely charred all the way around. So they, the, the use of the fresh herbs in that particular recipe, they was actually um, used as part of the marinade so that the herbs would actually get into the meat. And after charring it, you're letting it rest. You set it to the side, you let it rest, and we finish it in the oven. You don't want to over-char your meat. That's the secret. You know, you want your meat to actually rest. You want to, you want to take it out after you char the sides all the way around. You don't want to try and cook it completely to the middle if you're whatever temperature you're trying to make. You don't want it to be completely finished on the, uh, on the grill because now you're drying out the product. You know, you have a nice, expensive piece of meat, a nice filet mignon, a whole loin. You don't want to dry it out. You want to finish it in the oven to the temperature that you desire. And uh, that's one of the dishes that we prepared, along with the garlic roast potatoes. Um, we've added fresh um, whole garlic to the garlic roast potatoes and kind of chopped it a little bit and tossed it into it, um, the red skin potatoes after we sauteed them and uh, added a fresh little bit of chopped rosemary to that also towards the end. Makes it delicious. Makes all the difference in the world. One one dish I wanted to ask you about that seems to be becoming Mm -hmm. more popular now um, in terms of a side is our our rice vegetables, like cauliflower and some other things that are mm-hmm. or even creamed that are being used in ways like you know substitute for rice or in, in when it's creamed I guess it's for substituted mashed potatoes or whatever and I was curious because there are some that that come prepackaged in the freezer section but in terms of doing your own is there a secret to, to doing that is uh, for example when you're, um, I guess, trying to get the, the consistency that you want. Is that something with the cauliflower, for example, that you uh, do the cutting or, or I guess, I don't know if you cut or grate or how you do that before or after cooking the cauliflower? Well, actually, one of the things that, that we do at CB Bistro is when we're preparing it or CB Catering, is that we actually take the whole cauliflower and, of course, you want to examine it, make sure it doesn't have any type of bruising to it, little dark spots. Mm-hmm. You want to get it as, as white as possible. And we trim it off of the uh, stock. And then we take it and we actually, I break it up into small, smaller pieces, not really tiny pieces because I like the coarseness of it. So it's just what you're, mm-hmm. what you're looking to do as a matter of preparation. And so we break it down to smaller pieces, and then we take olive oil, um, and also you can have your different seasonings that you want. Whatever you like is what you want to prepare. But there's certain things right. that are going to help balance that, that cauliflower. So, again, we use olive oil, cracked pepper, salt. Um, you can add a little paprika to it. Smoked paprika is really good. Um, you can add a little bit of um, 
uh, if you like a little spicy, you can put a little bit of chipotle seasoning to it. And you, you take that, you put it in the oven, you put it on a, your roasting pan or in a restaurant we would use a sheet pan, and you're actually going to slide it in the oven for about 375, 375 degrees until it's, until it's tender. And then towards the end, you can take some grated Parmesan cheese and actually sprinkle on it. And you take that out, it's absolutely delicious. You have a wonderful side dish that will accompany anything that you want to prepare. And it's, it's something different, but it's something that's very, very simple and easy to make. You can do the preparation ahead of time. Again, all of the things that you want to do when you're entertaining is to actually prepare as much as possible ahead of time. The peppers can be sautéed and the onions can be sautéed for the fajita dish. The chicken can be, you know, obviously marinated. Um, you can char off the codfish and just finish it in the oven. So everything is at a point that you're ready to assemble it. You're basically assembling everything when your guests arrive. So, you're, so you're, it looks like you've just prepared everything in like 15 minutes. You're serving 10 people with a finished product in like 15 minutes. You're like a wonder person. So, you know, just to do that. So, yeah, that's one of the tricks. It's just preparation. And your seasoning, um, what we do, we prepare uh, the different types of seasoning. When we're preparing granulated garlic, and uh, we, we use a good quality granulated garlic and uh, black pepper and uh, sea salt, whatever mixture we're making, we, we blend those seasonings before we start to actually cook. So you want to have all your seasonings blended. And everything is ready to go. So you're just basically just executing at that point. And it comes, it comes together in a, in a very beautiful way. And do you have a suggestion for a beverage for, for Dad for his dinner? Sure, sure. I, well, uh, it's for dinner. So um, if you're going to, you can make something refreshing like a nice uh, sangria with that. You know, you can add, uh, you can do, uh, I would suggest a nice sangria. You can have your fruit. Uh, that you can have ready for it. You can add the fresh oranges, slices. Um, you can add a, a cherries if you want. You can uh, strawberries. If you you can make a you can make a little skewer of strawberries and blueberries. Add an orange inside of the sangria, and just add your little skewer of strawberries and blueberries on the side. So when you make your you pour your sangria up, and you can. Just top it off with a little bit of club soda, if you wish, and just pop in that that skewer. It's very colorful. It's very light. It's refreshing. And if you want to kick it up a little bit, you can add a little, maybe a little half a shot of bourbon to it, too, for that sangria, and it gives it a little pop to it. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I may take Dad's dinner. Um, so what about... Um, a dessert, and I also wanted to ask you. You were talking about, for example, having a group like ten people or whatever. Uh, are there any particular appetizers that you would suggest? Sure. If you want something, if I, I try to make an appetizer that's going to go with the meal, that's going to accompany the meal really nice. Um, if you're 
preparing the meal that I had suggested for just like a suggested menu, you can start off with uh, something light, like um, you can start off with fresh fruit. You can have sliced mangoes. And it's interesting because they have now uh, that you can find in some of the box stores, they have like mangoes which are already uh, canned. They're in a jar, but they're canned, and they're um, from a fresh state. And they're packed in juice instead of uh, a lot of syrup. Uh, they also have pineapples, which are slices of pineapples, which are canned. And, and again, in a jar or in a container, you can you can have it fresh also in a container. And it does not have um, um, those different dishes. Can you can put uh, you can put the whole uh, like a slice, a wedge of that already peeled and clean pineapple on a skewer. You can add a little smoked paprika to it. If you like it a little spicy, you can have take a little bit of um, chipotle seasoning and just hit it on the grill just for a second. You could do the same thing with the mango for just a moment. Uh, if you, you know, it's a summer day, it makes a great, great fresh fruit. You're adding some different items to your menu. You can take a, a, a piece of lime, a wedge of lime, and actually uh, squirt on top of the uh, the mango and the pineapple. Uh, something light. I suggest something light for an appetizer. You can have a stuffed mushroom, stuffed mushroom with crab meat. It's a really nice uh, uh, dish, not expensive and not difficult to make. Sounds expensive, but it's not. You're taking a nice... Um, a white cap mushroom that you'll find at your produce uh, department, and you're just going to take the stem out of the cap, keeping the cap in totally intact. You're going to have um, take the stem. You're going to chop it up fine, set it to the side. You can at at the bistro or CB catering, we would use lump crab meat. You know, we order it already cleaned. So it's real lump crab meat. It's a high quality product that we would actually break up into pieces as part of what we're going to make. If you want to make it for yourself and you don't want to have that expense, you can actually find they have canned crab meat that you can find in in like your regular grocery store. And it's a pretty decent product. You want to try to get something that has more form to it. Well, because you're using it in an um, appetizer, you strain off the juices. You're going to mix that with the chopped mushrooms, a little bit of mayonnaise, uh, fresh thyme, chopped fresh thyme, salt, pepper. You can add into that a little bit of uh, uh, chipotle seasoning, a little bit of paprika, and you make a nice paste with that and add Parmesan cheese. And then you're going to take that, that uh, mixture, and you're going to stuff it back into the cap of the mushroom and let it set, put a little paprika on top, and just before your guests arrive, you have it on your roasting pan. You just pop it in the oven at 350 degrees. It's ready to go in 10 minutes. You take it out. You have a nice mushroom stuffed, uh, mushroom stuffed crab meat. Okay. All right. Crab meat. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but but you have got me ready to ready to eat Father's Day dinner now. Um so. you serve that with the 
with the grilled pineapple and then the mango on the side on the skewers with the little flavors, mm-hmm. and then you go into your main meal. It's, that's a nice combination. Oh yeah, sounds mm-hmm. good. Sounds good. So, um, how do we find you, Chef George? How do we contact you? Well, you can contact me directly at 321-229-5786. And you can also make reservations for CB Bistro, which uh, Jared Armstrong is performing this Saturday live uh, with his band. And uh, Mm -hmm. we have our bistro, uh, artwork, and a full Texas buffet. And that starts at 730 to 1030. All right. 2295 South Hiawassee, across the street from the Metro West Golf Course, Suite 105A. Okay. Thank you so much. I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm ready now. But uh, <laughs> you all Gee, you will so have to keep the link you. and listen to it again to get the, get the recipes and the preparation from Chef George. But we thank you for your time, sir. You take care. You have thank a good evening. Thank you so evening. much, Gee, for having me. All right. Take care. Be blessed. And we are making a shift this week because, you know, Friday, third Friday of the month, we usually have Friday in the garden. But uh, we're doing some things a little different this time around. So Robert Bowden is going to be on with us next after the break. So if you have uh, questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. We're going to take a break now. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's still morning for a minute. But welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. And we want to thank, again, Chef George Ashford from CBB Strobe to help us get a handle on how we can prepare our Father's Day dish. And, hey, I'm I'm already sold. And I'm not a dad, but I'm good. But um, just to let you know, so tomorrow we're going to have uh, Burton Kelso on for Tech Thursday. But if you don't get a chance to listen to him tomorrow, but you want to, or you want to get a preview of some stuff that he's talking about, he's got um, a Facebook Live event today at 2 o'clock called How to Protect Yourself from Bluetooth Hacking. So um, 
I'm going to try to uh, post that on G's Power Hour Facebook page, but if not, you can all just look up Burton Kelso on Facebook. But, yeah, um, he's going to be on uh, to talk about how to protect yourself from Bluetooth hacking today, 2 p.m. Facebook Live. And then, of course, you can always catch him live tomorrow at 1130 on G's Power Hour. But in the meantime, we are going to talk a little bit about gardening today because we've got other things coming up tomorrow. And uh, I don't. I may be jumping again because I told asked Robert could he come on today at noon. I don't know if he's on yet, but um, Robert Bowden is going to join us today. Uh, hey, it's Wednesday in the garden, <laughs> and we're talking with Robert Bowden today. Good afternoon. How you doing? Oh, better than I deserve. I can tell you that. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Oh, anytime. You're always welcome. So I want to ask you, I'm, and I don't know, it's just maybe me kind of gearing up, and I'm probably behind the game instead of ahead of the game, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about with Memorial Day weekend coming up, you know, there's a lot of things going on in addition to uh, what Memorial Day is actually um, meant to honor. Uh, a lot of people, because it's a long weekend, try to get out in the garden. And one of the things that they probably have not done, at least with any regularity, is the cleaning of the tools or the prepping of the tools or the replacing of the tools. So I was wondering if you could go into that a little bit this morning or this afternoon. Sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to. That's a, a, a really important part of the gardening puzzle you know we talk about when you should plant the seed for that and uh, when you should water and all these things but uh, so much energy is spent using tools uh, to prune or to dig the soil or to uh, help pull out weeds Uh, we so much easier if the tools were being maintained properly and unfortunately um, we don't think about it a lot and uh, it really would behoove all of us to make sure that uh, our tools are um, are sharp I think it would be a good idea to start first of all with those two. what tools do you need I mean if you're just starting out as a gardener and you go to one of the uh, home improvement stores or a garden center and you look at all of the tools that are available um, what do I need to buy? I mean, I'm just getting into this whole gardening thing. What do I need to buy? Well, I would hint, encourage hint, you. Father's Day gifts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you saw right through that, didn't you? Uh-huh. Saw, right, saw right through that. Well, it's, okay. it's not only is it important for the people that use the tools, but it's important for the plants, too. Um, you know, I've done it. We've all done it. We've we've taken a pair of hand clippers and tried to cut branches that are much, much larger uh, than they should be for a pair of hand clippers. You know, just as a general rule, we say any branch on a shrub or a tree that's less than half an inch, you'd use clippers, hand clippers. Anything half an inch to three quarters, you go ahead and use uh, some some loppers, you know, the long-handled, loppers and anything more than three quarters of an inch you want to use some kind of saw and it's important that although all of those things are sharp because there's nothing worse than taking 
a dull tool and trying to cut a branch and you know by the if it's dull and you, and you cut it off by the time you get done the cut is all shredded and it's not very good the bark is probably peeled back and that just spells uh, um, danger or um, at the very least uh, gosh that plant has the possibility now of getting some kind of pathogen into that wound if it was a sharp cut that wouldn't happen so it's absolutely essential that you keep those tools uh, sharp as you possibly can and I know it's a little OCD probably but I always sharpen my tools before I put them away and that's a good rule I know that um, you know by the, by the end of the day you're out in the garden and it's hot and you've gardened most of the day and you just want to get in that AC and sip on a nice cool drink of some sort the last thing you want to do is spend another 15 minutes uh, sharpening your tools. But it's absolutely essential that you do that um, because you never know that when you're out in the yard, you're going to see something that needs to be pruned, and you're going to run into your garage or your shed, and you're going to grab something, and you're going to prune it. And if it's not sharp, um, it's not going to do a good job. Not only that, but um, you know, once you've been gardening a while and you know that you're going to garden for a while, you know, it's something that you really want to do, then you, you want to start buying some tools that are a little more expensive than maybe you can buy at uh, the uh, home improvement store. So, for instance, if you're going to be looking at hand shear, you know, hand clippers, something you're going to be pruning roses or shrubs with, you want something that's going to be uh, comfortable. Uh, you want it to be uh, a tool that you know you're going to have around for a long time. And for hand clippers, um, th- there isn't a better pruner than a company by Felco, F-E-L-C-O. And the reason I like them so much is they make a quality aluminum uh, tool so it doesn't rust. Uh, the blades are replaceable, so in case you happen to – hit a rock or you hit a piece of wire or something while you're pruning and it makes a little divot in that blade, you can always replace it. Now you're gonna you're gonna probably be spending fifty or sixty dollars for a Felco pair of pruners, but um I've got mine that I use every time I go out into the garden and they're every bit of forty years old. I've replaced the blades from time to time. But I still have those original pair of clippers. So if you're if you know that you're going to be gardening wow. for a while and you want to make your life a little easier, some hand clippers are going to be good. And uh, the, as you see, when you go online, there's lots of different kinds. So just um, pick one you think will work well for you. It's a great, great Father's Day gift because you'll re- he he will really really appreciate a nice. A nice thing, but we always sharpen them before we go, before we put them away, and uh, spray them down with a little WD-40 so they don't rust. And uh, mm-hmm. I have tools that were my dad's tools, um, and uh, they're probably you know like a a good spade, a good round shovel. Um, you know, if if you take care of it and you treat it well, you don't try to pry up branch or you know roots that. Um, hard to get hold of, um, you know, those shovels should last you a lifetime, especially now with the aluminum 
uh, shaft of aluminum handles that they have, there's no reason why they shouldn't last you a lifetime. I would caution your listeners, however, not to buy um, stupid tools. And I, you know okay. what I mean by that? You know, you go online, you go to some of these. Uh, I use Gardner Supply Catalog a lot. It's available for everyone, and they have lots and lots of different tools. But they also sell some really silly things like a stainless steel spade, okay? Well, if you look at the price, you're looking at $125, $130. Well, mm-hmm. between you and me, that's just stupid. Because a you know a good forty dollar spade is going to do the same thing that a chrome plated hundred and thirty dollar spade is. So don't don't be crazy. Don't be a dummy. You know, find a good solid tool. Um, I recommend those that have the uh, um, the uh, fiberglass handles if you can, and they'll, they'll last you a lifetime. Just sharpen them with a file. Um, and um, oil them up, and they'll last you a very, very long time. Well, that's good to know. And I, I was, I'm, I was glad to get the tips on um, what tools you use to cut what, because I, you know, me, uh, <laughs> I'm a danger with a pair of lopping shears. I just, that's, yeah. that's my go-to right there. <laughs> but, but yeah, you've got to, you've got to be mindful of what tool you use for what. And you are right too about. Um, doing the cleaning probably before you put up, like, for example, uh, if, if I'm not, you know, out showing houses or whatever, Saturday's a good day for me to work in the yard, but I usually will cut it off, well, before it gets too hot, but also I usually cut it off if my husband's home in time for us to go to the movie. But I'm not looking at time to clean the tools. I'm looking at time to shower and change and get to the movies. So probably, you know, add maybe, I guess, an extra half hour, 20 minutes to, you know, grab the tools that you've been using and and clean them up before you put them away. That way, if you have to grab them, you know, kind of simultaneously, you know, know, all of a sudden for something that happens, let's say you have a storm and, and, you know, some branches start to hang and you need to go ahead and get those uh, clipped, then yeah, the tools are already ready to go. So, can I can I talk about a wheelbarrow for just a minute? Oh yeah, please. Because it, it you know it doesn't sound interesting, but if you're going to spend and I don't know how all of a sudden the wheelbarrows got to be so expensive, but um, I have a couple pointers for wheelbarrows. Number one, you need a wheelbarrow with the plastic body on it. Don't get the metal one, because the metal one is going to rust out in a few years. Even if you wash it out, it you know, and you clean it up, it's going to rust out. And then you've got to buy a whole new wheelbarrow, and they're not cheap anymore. So get one with the plastic body. Number two, and this is really, really important, most of the t- tires on wheelbarrows, you have to put air in the tire. It's a tire with a tube inside, okay? Uh, The last thing you need when you're all ready and you're geared up on a Saturday morning to go out there and, you know, fight those weeds is to have to stop what you're doing and and find the air hose to fill up your tire. They make (laughs) solid core tires. 
mm-hmm. solid core tires. So you never, ever, ever have to put air in them, okay? And last but not least, try to find the wheelbarrow that it has fiberglass handles. So okay. I have a wheelbarrow that's in my yard now, that's in my shed, and it's probably, well, I know it's at least 35 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. It's got it's got a solid core tire that I bought after the fact. It has a plastic body, but it has wooden handles. And over time, those wooden handles deteriorate, and you have to replace them. Well, Mm -hmm. to replace the wooden handles, I mean, you can buy the wooden handles, okay? Easy. But try to put those wooden handles on the old wheelbarrow. You've got to have a drill. You've got to have new new carriage bolts and, and, and washers and nuts to go on them. It's an absolute nightmare. Even if you're handy... Putting new handles on a wheelbarrow is a disaster. So find a wheelbarrow that has a, a, a plastic body, solid core tires, and a, a, a metal or fiberglass handles. That wheelbarrow will last you the rest of your life. Now you're going to pay 150 bucks for it probably, um, and mm-hmm. even if you can. Even if you find one that doesn't have a solid core tire, you can always replace that later because those are available. You can change over Mm -hmm. from a tube tire to a – but those three things are things you need to look for in a wheelbarrow. And I know it sounds kind of silly that I'm spending so much time on that, but when you're out in the garden, uh, the last thing you want is to have to stop what you're doing and Mm -hmm. go find some handles that broke or put air in the tire or, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to, you know, I have to replace the whole wheelbarrow now because the metal has rusted out. So right, right. those three things are really, really important when you're looking for a new wheelbarrow. Yeah, and I I, I know because we, we did have one that was metal and it ended up rusting out. And what I ended up doing was um, kind of covering it with plastic during our, our picnic, and you know, with one of those uh, kind of tarp things and filling it with ice and using it to put the beverages in. So, oh, <laughs> I like the way you <laughs> So, yeah, you that's what I ended up doing. That's a girl yeah, of my yeah. own heart. I like that. <laughs> well, you know, I like, like okay, waste not, want not, you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, this will be cool. You know, just throw the ice in there and put the drinks in there, and you're, you're good. Um, it's, but, a, uh, it's a cooler. Yeah, it's a cooler. Um, but like also, it. too, the the metal wheelbarrows are, are very heavy, and you have enough, um, especially if you don't have, let's say, solid ground. You have a hard enough time yeah. wheeling those things out because they're very heavy, and you're trying to keep the balance on them. So, And then also, too, one of the things you were talking about in terms of not getting a, a metal handle but getting fiberglass, because if, if, if it's sitting out in the heat for a while, those handles are going to get hot. And if you don't have a long gloves, you know, you're going to feel it. So that's you know, the they, other thing. They also, make, they also make wheelbarrows with two wheels. I don't know if you've ever seen right. those. And yeah, I'm thinking, I've seen those now. You know what? If I'm, if, when I'm gardening and I need a wheelbarrow that has two wheels because whatever I'm doing is so heavy, um, you know, I just turned 70 
I need to find somebody to do that kind of work because I'm not doing that. Not ah. with two wheels. Ain't yeah. happening. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, sometimes you just got to say, okay, <laughs> this is somebody sometimes else's you gotta turn. you got to cry uncle, right? <laughs> you got to cry uncle that's sometimes. True. Yeah, that's so true. We're going to take a quick break. We are here with Robert Bowden on Wednesday. We're spending Wednesday in the garden, and if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good afternoon. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are back with Robert Bowden, spending some time in the garden, and he's giving us tips on um, keeping our tools maintained and and different tools you might want to get for the beginning gardener or for the gardener that needs to replace their tools. And, you know, some timelines also in terms of what you need to do in in terms of getting those tools cleaned up after you garden so that they'll be ready for the next time. So, so Robert, um, because like I said, we, we are, I, w- I would say coming up, but we are in the midst of busy season. You know, we just celebrated Mother's Day, so there may be some tips for her as well. Um, uh, we've got graduation coming up. You know a young gardener. Uh, that might, might be some good tools to get for them as well. Uh, and um, Father's Day, of course, and then Memorial Day weekend, of course, the big weekend, and you're probably trying to get your yards straightened up for your picnics and whatnot. So, um, Robert, what kind, I guess, of, I guess, plants should we be planting right about now? Um, is is it too late to go ahead and plant the penny royals uh, to keep the mosquitoes away? No, uh, pennyroyal is a, an herb that um, uh, is basically a ground cover, um, and it, it's only a half an inch tall, but it spreads really well. And we use it in the um, in the herb garden as a ground cover, and you can pick up a handful of that and spread it on your, uh, you know, rub it on your arms and your neck and so on, and it's really good for that. Um, Herbs traditionally in Florida, especially in Central Florida and South Florida, have a tough time in the summer because it's just so gosh darn hot, and not only hot but humid as well. So things like basil and uh, oregano and uh, culantro, not cilantro, but culantro, um, 
will all do really well this time of year. I I know a lot of people have tried um, thyme, for instance, uh, in the summertime and have very poor luck with it. But the real secret with growing thyme in the garden in the summertime is making sure that you plant it in a container that is up above the ground. So you would put that in a container with basil and maybe some marjoram, and then the, the thyme would kind of flow over the edge of the pot uh, so it would soften up that edge a little bit. And the reason we do that is because of the air circulation. You know, thyme uh, grows pretty close to the ground, and it's hot, it's humid, and we get those afternoon rains, and it just um, doesn't like that humidity, and they'll just sort of melt away. But you can very easily grow um, thyme in a container, just plant it on the edge of the container in the good potting soil and let it kind of flow over the edge, and it does really well. You notice, too, I said culantro and not cilantro. Both have the same flavor. Right. Mm-hmm. Cilantro actually is the number one consumed herb in the world. Wow. And uh, people love it. It tastes really good. You can use it in all sorts of recipes. Unfortunately, it does not grow here in the spring, summer, and fall. Uh, you can plant the seed. It'll it'll grow and it'll bolt and flower and die in a matter of three or four weeks. So there is another plant called culantro, C U L A N T R O. Right. And mm-hmm. it actually grows more like a dandelion. It doesn't look at all like cilantro. It grows just like a dandelion grows. But you mm-hmm. uh, harvest the leaves from those, and you use those as you would cilantro, and it, it tastes exactly the same. It's got some weird flowers on it. You know, they they'll flower about six inches tall above the uh, plant, and you can't use those in the recipe. You have to just cut those off and continue to cut those off uh, as mm-hmm. the as the summer progresses. And then, sure enough, when October comes, you can go ahead and plant uh, cilantro again uh, and, and be happy with that. So herbs, herbs have a tough, a tough time in the summertime here in Central Florida. I wanted to ask you also about something that I saw on a show recently, one of those um, home, I guess you could say home improvement or, or whatever, or gardening shows. And um, it talked about, it was trying, talking about planting a garden and raised beds and everything to avoid certain critters like moles and whatnot. But they also mentioned something about uh, using, I guess, gravel. It was something mixed with gravel in order to keep the moles from accessing um, some of what you're growing. But what do you recommend um, in terms of uh, ha- keeping away moles and other types of uh, critters that might, uh, you know, do some damage to your garden? Well, uh, first of all, you mentioned raised beds. And um, you, I think uh, you know that I retired about uh, nine months ago 
uh, from Lou mm-hmm. Gardens after 30 years. I still teach classes there. Uh, right. I teach about uh, eight, about eight classes every month at the gardens, and I have a raised bed class coming up mm-hmm. on this on this Saturday. So oh. um, just go to yeah, just go to Lou Gardens Eventbrite and look at mm-hmm. the all the different classes that uh, I teach there. And it just happens that um, raised bed gardening is one of the this weekend, and you can still. Sign up for that. I don't think it's sold out. Uh, Raised beds are wonderful because um, you can control the soil. Uh, You know what you're putting into the ground, what what you're going to grow your plants into. Um, It's it's really good to keep some things like armadillos out, um, maybe even some dogs or some other pets. Um, It's a uh, you can grow vegetables and herbs where the soil may be too wet and you might not be able to grow vegetables otherwise or you may even be able to grow vegetables where the soil has been contaminated um mm, i had a neighbor okay. who consistently tried to grow vegetables in their backyard and it wouldn't it wouldn't make it and finally one of the other neighbors said well that's where charlie used to work on his cars and, you know, there's oil and antifreeze, and, you know, if you put a raised bed in there, it's perfectly safe. So raised okay. beds are great, especially for us old people, um, not including you, but including me. Um, uh, if you put, you know, if you put them up like a, a two-by-ten stacked on top of each other, then it's higher up, and you don't have to bend over as much. So it's good for people with disabilities as well. But... Um, in in Florida, we really don't need to put anything in the bottom of a raised bed. Um, it's especially true if you look up north where you've got things like um, groundhogs that will, mm-hmm. will bury underneath the wood and come up uh, in your raised bed and eat all of your, all of your things. Uh, that isn't the right. case here. And moles don't bother raised beds. Um, The moles are after uh, earthworms and grubs. They're strictly carnivores. They're not interested at all in your squash or your peppers. So uh, you don't need to put anything. So you can take uh, usually a raised bed is a 2 by 10 um, piece of wood, pressure treated wood that's 10 feet long. And then you have um, two pieces that are four feet wide and you simply nail them together as a box and you fill it with 30 cubic feet of potting soil and you're off and running. You're ready to go. It's pretty simple. It makes for a wonderful garden and we recommend that you water it by hand and you're probably doing that every day or every other day. And um, it's it's a great way, especially here in Central Florida, we have such sandy soil. Um, right. It's a great way to grow vegetables and, uh, and herbs. And even though it's really hot, there's there's still a lot of stuff that you can grow in a vegetable garden now. You can grow sweet potatoes and uh, rosemary and um, collards. There's all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, black-eyed peas uh, you can grow. So... 
you know, people may say it's just too hot. You're right. It's too hot for things like tomatoes. Those are going to start mm-hmm. shutting down. But, you know, you can still grow peppers. You can still grow peppers as long as you water them enough. And uh, there's lots of other fun things to grow, too. Yeah, get those, get those sweet potatoes growing, <laughs> and then you can, I guess, uh, can you freeze sweet potatoes? I would assume so. You can freeze anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, some things yeah. do better than others in the freezer, and yeah. so, I, yeah, that's well, how I'm If you plant sweet potatoes now, they will be ready to be harvested uh, late September, early October, and then okay. you will uh, harvest them. Uh, you brush off a little bit of the dirt, and you store them in a dark location that's as cool as possible. Oh, I don't know where that would be, but I and then you by mentioning that, like in a garage yep, or something. Yeah. Yep. And uh, sure enough, um, you uh, you're probably going to harvest around the first of October or so, and then uh, as if by magic, these potatoes, which are very starchy, are going to change during a 45-day period. Uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. They're going to change mm-hmm. into lots and lots of sugar, and they're going to be very, mm-hmm. very good to eat. So plant them now, harvest them in October, and eat them on Thanksgiving. Robert, thank you for taking the time out to be with us today. I'm going to have to look up that uh, Eventbrite schedule and, and get it on the Dee's Power Hour Facebook page um, so that everybody can uh, look you up and register for the classes. So. Glad Thank to have you. you on today. Thanks for switching schedules. Really appreciate it. You take Not a care. problem. Always nice to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you all for listening. Like I said, Tech Thursday is tomorrow with Burton Kelso. And remember, he has a Facebook Live class at 2 p.m. this afternoon. Don't miss that. I'm trying to keep you from getting your Bluetooth hacked. So this has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.